0: You are listening to Grow a Thriving Practice podcast. This is episode 33, Discovering Your Inner Superhero with Eileen McCusick. Grow a Thriving Practice, a podcast made for biofield tuning practitioners, offering the resources to enhance your practice, grow your business, and continue your journey of self-discovery. I'm your host, Jillian Falmo. party people. <laughs> I had to say that because that's what um, one of our daughter's friends comes in. She comes to our house and every time she walks in the door, that's what she says. So <laughs> I had to throw that out there. <laughs> anyway, I hope you're doing well. Um, I have an amazing episode for you today. Today, you'll be listening to an interview um, between Eileen McCusick and I. We had a nice conversation last Friday, and um, I've been just dying to publish this and post it so that you can hear. Um, But before I let you listen in, um, I just want to remind you that starting Friday, next Friday, October 15th, uh, we have the Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Training for Tuners. It's being hosted by myself and Trish DeRocher, and it's going to be an amazing experience. It's, I think, going to be very enlightening, and, um, and it's offered to help us hold space for, hold deeper space for our clients, um, especially those who are different than we are, which, you know, they're there is a lot of that. So come with an open mind and open heart and we will see you there. I'll include the link um, to register in the show notes. Um, It's three Fridays and it's 90 minutes each. And if you can't make one, we will be recording the lecture portion. Um, We will not be recording the uh, sharing portion because we are going to get open and vulnerable. And um, we just think it's best to not record that piece just yet. We really want to make sure we're, we're holding space for one another. And so it can be weird if that's recorded, right? Okay. Without further ado, here we go. Hi, Eileen. Hi, Jillian. Good to see you You too. Thank you so much for taking the time to be on the podcast. Really appreciate it.
1: Yeah. I'm so happy. I'm so psyched that you're doing it. It's fun.
0: Yeah. It's a lot of fun. I feel like each week I'm in a group full of tuners and I just get to talk to them. It was, it just, it helps my brain a lot. I think i just feeling connected. Yeah. And
1: from what I see, people are really enjoying them and finding them helpful. So it's
0: good yeah, for. I'm so glad. Yeah. So what have you been up to?
1: Well, I've been in creation mode. <laughs> I've uh, conceived a new 21 day series called 21 days to activate your inner superhero and there'll be uh, yeah there'll be just like i know right the just like the tuning fork uh the sonic slider 21 day series you get every day in your mailbox you get a seven minute video of me doing the sonic slider and chatting about health things and so this will be a seven minute audio it'll be a tune-up it'll be a seven minute tune-up that you get. And I created all the different things that I'm going to work on because, you know, Jill, from doing this work that everyone is a superhero. Everyone is amazing. And sometimes when you work with people and you reflect back to them, how awesome and amazing they are, can be really hard for people to accept. Hmm. I think, you know, it's that, that Marianne Williamson quote comes up for me over and over again. It's, it's your light you know, that you're afraid of. It's our power that we deny and suppress. Or Juliet Reigns had a great uh, phrase after she read Electric Body, Electric Health. She said, it made me realize that I've been hijacking my light. Oh, yeah. Isn't that a great term?
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I think we all do that. And so having worked with people now for 25 years, I really know what all of those things are that get in the way. The self-limiting beliefs, the small voices, the inner critic, the fear of power. You know, there's so many um obstacles in the way of us really being the amazing, awesome beings that we are. So each one of these seven minute tunings sort of systematically deconstructs the things between you and your experience of your own inner superhero. So I'm excited. About I that.
0: love that. You know, something I've been thinking about lately is, um, is my stepdaughter. I think about them a lot, but, um, Elin, she's nine. And we're noticing when she comes home from school, she's super exhausted and like just she argues anyway, it's, it's difficult. And so um, her mom had a conversation with the, her the other day about what was going on. And Elin said, you know, I just try so hard at school. I try so hard to be good because they have this thing in class that's called the, the super secret student. And so they don't know who it is until the end of the day. So they they put on their best show, their best behavior. And then at the end, they figure out who it is. So she's always hoping it's her. And she's putting all of this energy into being good, quote unquote, and that she's exhausted by the end of the day. And I was like, wow, I was like, this is exactly what biofield tuning like can help with because she's, she's giving all her light away. She's hijacking her inner light by trying to be this, this I don't know what it, a different well, representation. It's
1: or... Right? Yeah, yeah.
0: authentic. Yeah. And mm-hmm. she's trying to be
1: what she thinks other people want her to be instead of being naturally how she is, and that yes. is. Exciting. And and that is so many people live that way. You know, so many of the people that I've treated with chronic. Fatigue with fibromyalgia, with the tendency towards, you know, the low voltage disorders um, are very much holding themselves back like that in order to be good or accepted or, um, you know, not raise a stink around them. And that gets incredibly exhausting. You know, the freedom to be who we truly are, to be our authentic selves, it shouldn't be so hard, right? But it really is. I think, especially for girls. Now one of the things mm-hmm. that always attracted me to Frank, my husband, is that he never went out of integrity with himself. Like he I feel like my childhood and my experience in school like broke me into a million pieces, turned me into a stuffer and a compartmentalizer. and I was just broken in so many ways. I really lost my own center and my own sense of who I was, my own sense of inner unity. And and he's never lost that. So it's always been really sort of amazing to me that someone could make it through childhood and school intact because it does create situations like that for people.
0: Yeah. So as I've been thinking about that, I'm like, okay, biofield tuning can definitely <laughs> help. But like also this is part of our role as practitioners, right? Is to to coach our clients to to healthier emotional and energy management so what would you tell a nine-year-old and i'm asking this because it's also going to probably apply to us as well yeah. as adults <laughs> yeah. yeah
1: well that's you know my kids haven't been that little for a long time but i i always told my kids to to be themselves and to advocate for mm-hmm. themselves you know being themselves um I think that it's one thing to be yourself, it's a whole other thing to to advocate for it. And school, unfortunately, it, it has the exact opposite impact on kids, instead of us becoming who we are, and really growing into our potential, it, it distorts us, right? Most of us, it kind of warps us, because it's such an unnatural environment. Um, well i think it would it's always helpful to point out to people what the consequences of their actions right right so Mm -hmm. here you are trying to be good you're not being you're not just relaxing and breathing and being in the flow you're not being naturally you right and so look at how that's affecting you you come home you're tired and you're snippy and that's not how you want to be you don't know I want you to be that way mm-hmm. how can you how can you is there a way you can figure out how to be authentic but also like well behaved at the same time yeah like respectful and kind yeah. yeah maybe it's not an either or thing but it's really a both thing and she needs to have permission to know that she knows how to be appropriate and and kind yeah that you know, they're not mutually exclusive authenticity and appropriateness.
0: Yeah, that's so important. Yeah, I love that. Thank you. So what, what do you, what are some of the like, um, maybe qualities you, you consider to be a superhero? Like, what does that mean? Well, you know, one of them that I've been
1: thinking about a bunch the last few days, and I've been wanting to write something about it, but I haven't taking the time to sit down and and do it. Um, It's the quality of mercy. And mercy is a really interesting word. It's an interesting sentiment. It's something we never talk about. Like, what does it really mean to be merciful? and i think that all of us have had the experience maybe when we've been in a fight with a with a partner or a spouse of you know when you're sticking your finger and you're being self-righteous and you're just you know laying the hammer down in a moment like that you're not showing mercy right you're not you know you're you're in full on warrior mode whatever that looks like and you might be hurting someone you certainly wouldn't want to be on the receiving end of that kind of energy Right. So one of the things that I found that many people are afraid of their power. Okay, I've had so many Mm -hmm. clients say to me, oh, I'm afraid of my power. What I've realized is they're not really afraid of their power because power, when it's centered in our being, when it's balanced and when we're in integrity with our power, is simply compassionate and, and loving and ready to help. You know, our, our power is actually really good. It's the misuse of our power that we're, we're afraid of. Mm-hmm. So when, when our power center goes off and goes yang, we can become angry and self-righteous and judgmental and critical. <laughs> and um, that's a misuse of power. When it goes off balance, yin, we can become kind of stony and cold, right? And not say anything. That's also yeah. a misuse of power. Like I'd rather have you yell at me than go cold on me, honestly. Right. <laughs> so so that that withholding is actually, you know, to some people, far worse right. than right. So that that's a misuse of power. And when we are are we being merciful, you know, in either situation are are we being like wow I'm actually powerful and I'm doing damage here I'm hurting with my power what the the trait that I need to display is mercy and kindness right but mercy more than kindness it's a kind of like yeah I'm powerful and I'm going to put the sword down and I'm going to spare you the my raw mm-hmm. <laughs> right so so, if a superpower is going to become powerful they're going to be in their power they have to really understand mercy because the more you understand mercy the less afraid you'll be of your power yeah that feels really huge yeah yeah it yeah. isn't it interesting I, I love kind of digging out words and sentiments and um you know really doing a deep dive into them and in ways that we don't right But. Tuning gives us that opportunity because we hear and we feel things and you go looking for words and looking for ways to understand and describe it. And I keep Mm -hmm. discovering things. I just discovered a new biofield anatomy zone, Jill, actually. Tell us. About it. Yeah. So it's kind of funny. I was, I was lying down and I was thinking about how, even though I've been going to the gym for a year now, there's still parts of my body that my brain isn't wired to and and so going to the gym working out for the last year like the sonic slider helped a lot to start to get muscles firing that I had no connection to you know I was geeky I was in my head I was never an athlete and I had trauma that caused me to just disassociate from my body anyway So I was always kind of just sort of, you know, blobby and could never get it together and didn't feel the inside of my body. Like, you know, when somebody says, contract your core, I would be like, how do you do that? Like, (laughs) there's nothing, no wiring between my brain and my core. Well, there is now, which is really exciting. But I was kind of thinking about places where the wiring still hasn't come back on all the way. And one of the things that happened to me a lot when I was a kid was I was tickled by my four older brothers i was pinned and i was tickled and so i was tickled a lot in my armpits my armpits and so so i realized that i had this sort of whole band of like like in my armpits and around my back where my brain isn't connected because as a little kid little tiny thing you know being tickled what else am i going to do but remove my consciousness from that mm-hmm. area right Okay, so I was I was feeling into into this area where I don't feel. I was <laughs> trying to feel, and I was like, "What's the, what does this relate to in my life?" Right, because anything that's going on in your body, going on in your field, is going on in your life. It's going on in your environment, and yeah. the first thing that came to mind was my cupboards. <laughs> So I don't have a hard time. Yeah. I don't have a hard time keeping the space that you see in order. Okay. But my whole life I've struggled with cupboards and cabinets and like keeping any kind of degree in them. In fact, my cupboards in my kitchen have things in them that probably should have been thrown out years ago. You know, and I just, I look at it and I go, oh, i I never have the energy like no matter how clutter busty i get i never seem to have the energy to go and deal with the cupboards so so i was like wow that's really interesting so then i was like well what's the what's the emotion that's in there right like what's the feeling that's here i was feeling into it and i was like it's self-pity hmm Right there is one we don't really come across or talk about. Right, self pity. Yeah, and think about it. Like I'm standing in front of the covers and I go, oh, I can't. I don't have the energy. I just, oh, I'm so. I can't deal. Like I just, I'm so bad at keeping this in order. and I just can't deal. It's such a pity party. It's such a like. Oh, woe is me. I'm so floppy and can't deal with my cupboards. Like. <laughs> so I, I thought that was really interesting. It's like a kind of a hidden emotion. I didn't realize that I had this element of self pity. But, you know, as a kid, if I was tickled to death, and then left alone, I'm sitting there in my own little pity party, like, mm-hmm. "Oh me," you know, I am kind of powerless, and I'm spent from the whole experience. And the armpits. I don't know if armpits directly relate to cupboards or (laughs) it's like it shows up in different ways for different people, right? But, but tuning into the, the emotion that's the, that I've disassociated from along with that part of my physiology and how there's an inertia in that. And And I said, okay, well, what's the antidote then? Like when this resolves, when these muscles start turning back on and this energy starts firing and I start digesting the self-pity, like what does that look like? And I was like, well, it's just emotion. That's all it is. It's it's just motion. It's like, well, I'm just going to go clean the cupboard and it's not a fuss. (laughs) There's self-pity and story and hidden nonsense in the way,
0: right? It's just, so it's
1: really self-pity is very much a freeze state.
0: Yeah, I get this image of, like, Peter Pan with his, like, just standing tall with his hands on his hips and his shoulders back, just, like, ready to fly. Yeah, ready
1: to fly right in that cupboard and bring some order. (laughs) Yeah.
0: And Tinkerbell in
1: there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I was like, or even, you know, because there's nothing stopping me from hiring somebody to come in and to organize it or cracking the whip on my two sons. I mean, like, clean those covers for me. Yeah. I don't any action at all other than like, oh, close the door. Yeah. And like,
0: <laughs> so is it, do you find it on both sides?
1: Yeah. Yeah. On both yeah. sides. And I was thinking like pity and armpit, you know, <laughs> kind of interesting. Oh,
0: interesting. Yep. Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's just always been just like, you know, what just floppier in there than I wanted it to be, but it's cool. You know, any part of your body that's like that, there's something, there's some kind of hidden emotion that you've stuffed in there and you're not connected to, and those muscles aren't firing. They're not anatomically um, engaged in the right ways. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So if let's say um, someone who's listening, if they have a part of their body where they know they're not connected to, what are some questions that they could ask themselves to kind of tune in to see what it is? Well,
1: I think what I did worked, right? I was like, okay, there's something here that's out of whack. Um, How is it showing up in my life? What's the external representation of my disconnection here, right? And something will usually come to mind. I mean, especially with practitioners, you're pretty good at getting out of the way and letting the mail slot drop in and it'll just come to you. And then you go, wow, okay, when I contemplate this thing in my life, what's the feeling that I feel when, when I contemplate it? you know then I asked that question I'm like wow it's self-pity that and that's not something I don't sit around with pity party you know Jill you know no definitely (laughs) not
0: only when it comes to your cupboards I guess (laughs) guess.
1: (laughs) yeah subconsciously total subconscious you know and that becomes like a blind emotion emotion that we we're not connected to we don't you know we have no We've just walled it off. I did the same thing with a lot of different emotions in my life. I just kind of walled them off. Despair, oh, don't go there. You know, Bitter disappointment, no, better not go there either. And for me, healing has really been about like reclaiming my connection to these emotional states mm-hmm. and giving myself permission to
0: feel them. Yeah. Yeah. So you lo- you allowed yourself to feel the self-pity before you went yeah. into shifting it
1: yeah yeah exactly right because you got to feel it to heal it and and it's not a comfortable feeling I mean a lot of the reasons why we sequester these emotions away is because they are not pleasant to feel yeah so we avoid them you know and then and then we end up with avoidance (laughs) we're like avoiding things you know what are we avoiding we end up with voids actually Lori gave me a tune-up once and discovered this whole void in my field and and she's like God, there's a void. She's, and then she was like, you know how good Lori is with words. She's like, what are you avoiding? <laughs> I was like,
0: oh. I know, I love it. <laughs> That's perfect. Yeah, I'm going to be um, interviewing Lori next week. Nice. So yeah, I think I love all of her. I call them Loriisms.
1: Yeah, she's got great Loriisms, and we use yeah. a lot of them. The yeah, we that- do. <laughs>
0: um. So okay. So when you're so in this new zone. Are, and you're combing the field. Where where are you dropping? Are you dropping into the armpit or to the center? <clears throat> well,
1: I you know it's interesting i started working with a massage therapist who is willing to rub all those places that other massage therapists don't nice. and it turns out that all of these places are actually really key places right so she's actually been doing some work like in my armpit area so I'm starting to get pain in my hands and we discovered that it was actually that my hands were taking too much of a like if i put my hand down you know on a surface that that action would hurt and Mm. we realized that the the muscles in the armpit should have been pulling more should have been like carrying more weight and because these muscles aren't engaged it's pressing excess energy down in my hands so she started working of course we found like a really deep knots of tension down there and i think this is part of like me waking up to it as a combination of working out and getting this really deep massage is helping me to keep finding you know these these things that have been stuffed away <clears throat> and i know you know people are always surprised when i talk about oh i discovered another layer of shit. this is what i'm working on now but i'm always doing this you know you know me jill yeah. i've n- never stopped like this sort of excavation of my field and it's ongoing and it you know it's probably going to keep being ongoing. I mean, I don't see it ending. Um, We have so many things to work on, ancestral and cultural and archetypal. You know, I think that we get to a certain point where we're clearing our own stuff a bunch and we start going into that ancestral and even archetypal kind of clearing. So there's no reason to think you're ever going to stop being able to receive benefit from tune-ups. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, So the manual work, has been good and i've been using the sonic slider a little more diligently in there i think that if i was working over the body i'd like hang out over the armpit you know just like we hang out yeah. over the adrenal i I just kind of hang out in this area and be like Doo, do, do you know what else is going on because despair and self-pity really do kind of go hand in hand they're kind of a similar thing yeah we're self pitying we're feeling usually despairing so so that despair thing is you know i would say despair is more in the upper armpit and like the self-pity is a little more below it like there's there's it's definitely and a lot of people have are smushy in here right a lot of mm-hmm. women call it back fat thing you know what's yeah. going on there, right so
0: yeah that's a, definitely a good area to address yeah to address get firing get those muscles firing exactly
1: and get firing yeah Mm -hmm. and i mean we really want all our muscles firing and i i think that you know when we do energy work we get kind of into doing energy work um i know that there's definitely some people who are avoidant of of the body let's just say right? So this, this idea of like, oh, I'm going to approach my health and healing through an energy healing kind of way. But the, our anatomy, like our human anatomy is where all the juice is here. Like the whole beauty of having a body is the miraculous things that we can do and experience with a body that we can't as just spirit. And mm-hmm. so, the more embodied we become, the more we weave the light of our consciousness deeply into our physiology. The more we access our superhero potential. So, so to me, there's no difference between pursuing spiritual enlightenment and and uh, you know that path along with getting your physical body in its optimum expression too. Like they, I think they go hand in hand. And I, I really want people to understand, like don't think that just because you're working, you're doing energy work that that's sufficient. If you really want to activate your potential, you've got to go into the level of the body, whether it's yoga or Pilates or any kind of sport, dance, um, but the, you know, sex, like, you got to really be physical and, and suck the enjoyment out of having a body because bodies are so pleasurable and unfortunately when we don't love our bodies we're we're that's damaging to our spirit yeah because it's where our spirit is housed right yeah but it's also um detri—it's just detrimental all around like we definitely want to aim for optimum health on every level physical mental emotional spiritual.
0: Yeah. Did you watch the Olympics at all? No, this not season. a bit of it. Oh no, wait, I did.
1: no, no, no. I watched a little bit because the Jamaican women, the sprinters, I saw some videos of them. That was the only thing I saw. Yeah. And I, was like, hey, I could
0: not stop watching it because of I was just like, this is human potential. Yeah. Like at its finest. I mean, what they can do with their bodies and the even the mind, you know, focus and emotional management that they, there was a, what well, it was um, one of the volleyball teams. I can't remember now if it was Brazil or, um, or the United States, but they had a team. I think she was a therapist, um, working with them that would, that would work on them on with, on an emotional and mental, um, level for their game so that they could like, you know, if they mess up or something, they don't go, you know, down that rabbit hole of, feeling defeated or despair, pity like let's figure out how to like okay experience that and then get back up or I don't know what she did, but I was like, yes. (laughs) That's amazing.
1: It it is amazing. And it makes so much sense to have that kind of support. Yeah. Somebody to help kind of lift you back up if you if you go down like that. I love that idea.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So you've been going to the gym for a year. I have to know what's your what do you do when you're at the gym? What are you doing? How long are you there? (laughs) <laughs> i go
1: i go for about an hour i go five days a week usually um, i have two trainers i have um the one that i started working with in jamaica uh who is romanian and she she barks at me with a, with a romanian accent which i really love <laughs> <laughs> and so i meet with her via zoom once a week and then i uh, i have a trainer at my gym and i meet with her once a week and working with a trainer I, like i wouldn't have done this without a trainer mm-hmm. I, if, you've, if you if you want to get in shape and you start going to the gym, like find a trainer <laughs> you know even if you go one every two weeks or whatever you can afford but don't try to go work out without instruction i think it's i boring. have not
0: been successful with that because yeah. I don't, I, well, I haven't known what I'm doing, but
1: yeah, you don't I, know what you're doing, and then and you don't have anybody holding you accountable. Yeah. So, so those two things—that accountability and that instruction—is super, super. Yeah. Important. That's
0: so That's why I love the group work too. The group classes is because yeah. you, everybody else is your accountability, you know, in right. that. And then you have, I mean, depending on the size of the group, sometimes the the coach or the instructor can give you some feedback.
1: Yep. Yep. No, you remember, Joe, like I used to be really anti-gym. I, I be, know. <laughs> you were <laughs> like, I like, I don't,
0: <laughs> I don't need to work out. <laughs> I don't need to work out. Like,
1: why would I go to a gym? Like, what a waste of time. I was really, really anti-gym. But then I ended up in Jamaica for a year, really sitting on my butt. Like I'm, I, I'm a writer, I am work at a desk, you know, I go in the ocean, I'm not a swimmer, I just float. So I was just floating and sitting for like months and months and months, and I started to sag. And it was really appalling. I was really alarmed because prior to that, I was always on the road. I was always hefting 50-pound suitcase here, there, and everywhere, packing and unpacking, going up and down stairs. You know, just really in motion with functional exercise. And that stopped me from sagging. (laughs) But then, you know, you get over 50 and you you don't use it. You really, gravity starts to act on you very hard. Um, And so I didn't, you know, I didn't, I wasn't, didn't have any, Travel in my future, so I was like, I have to do something. And um, Frank actually found my trainer, Manuela, on Instagram. <laughs> it's like, hey, she's right down the road, and so I started working with her, and she really inspired me. And then when I came back to Vermont, uh, my trainer here has really inspired me. So I I do a variety of things. I don't do a lot of cardio. Uh, I'm kind of anti cardio still, <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> <at some point. laughs> but. Uh, I I warm up for like fifteen minutes. I've been kicking the heavy bag every day, and I love it. I just mm-hmm. love it. You know, it's. I think that it's something that I do recommend for people because the emotion of anger or frustration has a kind of you know bap 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 staccato kind of quality to it. And it's an emotion and it's a waveform that we, you know, that isn't being good, right, to express. And so I certainly learned at a very early age to repress my anger, you know, to the point where I was in my 20s and I was convinced that I didn't even get angry, you know, like I was like spiritual and didn't get angry. Um, But I was addicted to sugar. I was suppressing my anger with sugar. And Mm -hmm. so when I stopped eating sugar, all the anger started to come up. And then I was like, oh my God, I'm a crazy angry bitch. Like, how did this happen? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and i had to learn how to manage my anger in other ways than with sugar and the the movement of of kicking a heavy bag is so satisfying because you'd be like pap pap pap," and you're just getting that kind of energy out and actually at this point like i've got i've worked through my backlog of anger i'm not i'm not an angry person i hardly ever really like get sharp or angry anymore um, but I think part of it is kicking a heavy bag every day. I kick mm-hmm. it as hard as I can and and I kick it as fast as I can. And so I'm getting like harder and faster and harder and faster kicking the heavy bag. And I love that. I love watching progress, right? Yeah. One of the things that's so rewarding about doing anything consistently is you get to enjoy your progress. Um, I couldn't, I couldn't have even imagined doing a chin up a year ago. Like, I'd never my entire life been able to do a chin-up, really weak upper body. You know? And now I can do a bunch. I can do a bunch of chin-ups. That's which is, so awesome. It's like a miracle. <laughs> I mean, it's like, and, and it makes you feel good about yourself. So for me, the energy that I invest at the gym, um, and I'll, I'll do weights, I'll do stretching. Like all of it is really about connecting the electrical circuitry. A lot of when I work out, I'm closing my eyes and feeling the connection brain. I'm really feeling the muscles. I'm feeling my fascia as a unified unit, which I never did before. I didn't even feel my fascia. Like it was just a blob. And so when your fascia gets tight and strong, it, you start to have an experience of yourself as a continual unit inside. Like that might be like to my husband, he'd be like, Yeah, duh. Like I've always been a continual unit inside. I'm like, Yeah, but I wasn't. Mm. So, So it's a kind of prayer in a way, just because it's I'm bringing that source energy into my being and I'm wiring it into my being so I can hold more source. The stronger you get and the better wired you are, the more source energy you hold, the more radiant you become.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I have to tell you about, um, so I've been going to the gym for the past month now. And before that, it was like a total sedentary year. I mean, I'd go on hikes here and there, but no, no daily, anything. And, um, it just really hit me one day. We, there, there's a group of us working out together, doing all the same thing, same, same workout. Um, we're being timed and they're playing music. I think it was like journey. and I know it was such a hard workout. Everybody was like, like, oh, like grunting and all that. And I am just like bouncy. Like I'm so bouncy and happy and just full of light and energy. And I was like, this combined with biofield tuning is like the recipe for joy. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's hard, but like, oh my gosh, like, yeah. Feeling my electrical body and what I'm capable of and and the music definitely helped. I have to say yeah. that <laughs> it definitely helps.
1: It yeah. really does. Yeah, it makes a big difference. I mean, you know what? I just read recently. I posted on a Facebook um, that you professional bicyclists are not allowed to wear earbuds during competition because music can give them an unfair advantage. Yeah.
0: Wow. Uh-huh. Right.
1: It's like as a, as effective or more so than doping than a drug. Listening. Wow. To- yeah i believe it you're right i mean i mean i think that should give us all pause to be like what else is music can music do that better than drugs
0: yeah i mean (laughs) in in our gym one one of the coaches he plays this like heavy metal like yelling screaming right and i'm like oh gosh (laughs) kind of bear through it but the other coach he plays Music, like journey and uplifting stuff. And I'm like, I always feel better. And <laughs> like, I can accomplish more when that music is on. Yeah, yeah, so true. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And then you feel great for the rest of the day. So to me, it's an investment of time that pays me back all day long. It really does. It, it yeah. just, it does release the feel good hormones. It does, you feel like you've done something good. You know, and one of my friends said to me, we we're talking about how to start going to the gym. She said, I don't have that kind of discipline. And I said, it's not discipline. Like, it's like, <clears throat> do you have to discipline your dog to bring it to the dog park? You know, <laughs> like, okay, come on dog. Ooh, go. Yeah. I don't feel like going. No, it's, it's, it's play. It's, it's really like, it isn't, it isn't like, oh, I got to go make myself work out. It's like, oh, yay. I get to go to the gym. It happens automatically. Like I wake up, I'm like, yay, I get to go to the gym. So, you know, don't, don't don't think of it as like something heavy and sucky, because it's the exact opposite.
0: <laughs> well, it's the same thing like showing up for a biofield tuning session. Like it's not discipline to show up, but it might it might be hard. It might bring up some stuff and you might feel a little sore <laughs> afterwards, but you feel a lot better on the other side.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know what you made me think of too, Jill, um, in that I know you weren't talking about it, but how you know how back in the beginning when you were learning right and, mm-hmm. and how that kind of nervousness you can feel before you do a session
0: yeah before right. you like facilitate one or before you yeah. get before on you the facilitate table one, before uh-huh.
1: you yeah, before you give one yeah because i i know that a lot of teeners kind of struggle with that like am i good enough am i gonna be able to do this or you know there, there's a little bit of a wall there i think sometimes for people mm-hmm. um but with anything like once you get into it, it's sort of like not wanting to get in the water because it's cold. You're like, oh, I'm afraid it's gonna be cold, and then you get in, you swim around, it's fine. And it's kind of like that with doing a session too. Yeah. It just that just showing up, not being afraid of it, it's an adventure, it's going to be fun, you know, and even if you're a little reluctant at first, like you might feel like going to the gym, getting up or even whatever, going to your dance class, whatever your jam is, right? Because you want it to feel good. You want to enjoy it, whatever it is. Um, Doing a session like you end up enjoying that, even if you're a little reluctant or it feels like, "Mm, I don't know. And then you do it. You're Mm -hmm. like,
0: wow. I, just I think that. that that's really really common is that feeling before a session like I know I've experienced that a ton even to the point of being like okay how do I get out of this like can I, can I cancel how can I cancel their session hmm. <laughs> but you're right like once you get in there it just it feels natural and yeah fun and that's why we're all here doing it that's why we're all here doing it yeah exactly because
1: <laughs> because it is fun isn't it? it's an adventure like that's what I always loved about it is that every single session you, when you're setting off you know you have no idea where you're going what's going to happen what you're going to find right so it's it's discovery and um I always find that there's always a theme that emerges, you know, you, and then you get to the end and you look back and you're all, look at all the ground that we covered and what we figured out, and and you don't have that feeling at the end of the session ever. <laughs> yeah, So I just want to encourage anybody who's listening: just do it, you know, just do it, just yep. do it. <laughs> you can <laughs> you can sit at the edge of the water, you know, for a really long time and miss out on the experience and and everybody i mean even i've had that experience jill you know not in a long time Mm -hmm. um but there was one i did not that long ago that i did feel a little nervous i can't remember who i was working on um but i did even even me like you know 25 years in saw somebody i wish i could remember who it was because it was like somebody you know it was some somebody important kind of person Mm -hmm. um it was only like a split second and then i got over it and yeah I just think that curiosity is always um just the best thing to lead with. You yeah. know, even even with and like right when you're working out or you're dancing or you're doing anything, be curious about your mm-hmm. own
0: life.
1: be curious yes. about your own experience, right?
0: Just be curious. Yes.
1: What happens if I do this?
0: Yeah, Maybe. I think that's, so yeah, what happens if I do this and and it's not so much about like I'm not doing this right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's a yeah. that's a a real knocker. I know it <laughs> <No. laughs> really right thing. I mean, I'm yeah. lucky
1: that I never had to worry about doing it right because I had yeah. no idea <laughs> what I was doing. I wasn't following anybody. You made so it I, all up. <laughs> yeah, I didn't have any rules. Like there was, I never had that thought. Am I doing this right? Never, never, not once. Um, so, and I and look, I didn't kill anybody. You know, <laughs> like, I think that that there that. that I guess if I could say one thing to people, it's so simple. It's just like, trust yourself, trust your senses and be curious. And that's it. Like, it doesn't have to be any more complicated than that. And if you're like having self-doubt and just be like, I'm
0: going to trust my own senses and be curious. Yeah, absolutely. That's so important. I was actually going to ask you because I, I miss your soap boxes during class. Like, (laughs) I loved teaching classes with you because we would just all be sitting in a circle and you'd be soapboxing, and I'd just be chilling <laughs> listening like, yeah, yeah, so I was gonna ask you what's one thing that maybe you've been hearing from students or practitioners or you've been seeing it on the Facebook page that you would like to soapbox on? Is there anything that comes to mind for you?
1: well, <clears throat> um, a couple things come to mind. The first thing that comes to mind um. Oh, geez, it came to my mind and then it went out. Of <laughs> oh, I know. It has to do with the questions that people are always asking, saying, I have a client and they have such and such medical condition.
0: Mm-hmm. Any
1: suggestions? I was thinking and, about
0: the same thing.
1: Yeah. And how we always come up with the same answer for that. And that is just follow the method. You know, it's really pretty simple. Sit them, you know, lie them down, follow the pendulum, do a session, let their body lead. Because medical conditions are just names on top of sets of symptoms. It has nothing to do with that person's heart and soul and life history and needs that are being met. You know what I mean? that, that To me, medical diagnoses, I know some people are like, oh, now I have a diagnosis and I feel better. I think that's kind of silly. I mean, you have a set of symptoms that your body is out of order. You're out of order. You just need to be put back in order. The reason why you're out of order is because your voltage is low. So we just need to raise your voltage and create more entropy in your system, support your body to fix itself. Mm -hmm. And that's it. And that's the same for everybody. Anybody that you see is is going to probably be stuck in some way. They've got energy running through non beneficial patterns in their fields. So they're stuck. They can't unstick themselves and they have their voltage is low you know because energy is running in all these places it doesn't belong and because like most people they're probably discharging more than they're recharging giving more than they're receiving holding back their authentic self not speaking their truth all of these things lower voltage and create resistance in all the wrong ways unhealthy resistance so with biofield tuning we're helping to get the resistance out and and help the body to increase its syntropy to entropy ratio basically right because the body needs to have a degree of entropy you know cells are breaking down old blood cells are being replaced but it needs to have more centropy than entropy
0: mm-hmm.
1: and anybody who's in a disease state who's in a low voltage or low ph state they have more entropy and and if their entropy keeps increasing then, you know, their battery meter is just going to keep going down. So really, any disorder is a disorder of two things. Fundamental disorder in the body's organizational uh, template and an insufficient juice to make it all run. So we treat everybody the same way with the same intention, just helping their body to get back in order and, and helping to untie the knots and pull out the dents that life has put into them. So we don't, you know, we don't we don't we're not medical people. We don't use medical terminology and we practically never treat any particular ailment in a specific way.
0: Yeah. That's exactly what I was thinking of this morning and I'm so glad that you brought it up because I kept saying in my head I'm like we're we're technicians. We're not physicians. Like we don't need to know you know, the cause of everything. We don't, you know, like you said, it's all it all manifests differently for everyone. Um and there's a there's a different root cause for everyone. So individual. Um, yeah, so individual. And right, yeah. it's
1: the opposite of medicine. Medicine tries to, you know, this pill will treat this problem for everyone. And that's just not the way the human body works. It just doesn't yeah. work
0: that way. Right. I worked on a client the other day who um, self-identified as ADHD and she kept bringing that up. We were working on her relationship with time and she kept saying, Oh, well, it's the ADHD. It's the ADHD. And I had to ask her, I was like, so does having that label benefit you? Like, or how do you feel that label benefits you? And she did say, well, it you know, when I first got it, it gave me some structure, it gave me some, you know, I, I knew I had answers for why I was different. And I was like, okay, and I just kind of let it be. And she emailed me um, a few days later, and she goes, you know, I'm really thinking about this label and how um, I haven't been accepting the way that my, my own brain works as, as like a beautiful thing. Like it's a beautiful, my brain works perfectly and beautifully. And it's just not in the box of what, you know, what school was. And I was like, that's so cool that she came up with that on her own. Like I didn't go there with her. I, it was our first session together. So, um, I kind of just asked her that question and let it go, but how cool that she was able to, to see that. Yeah. And she's still kind of like in a little bit of cognitive dissonance around it. Like now what do I identify as? (laughs)
1: But that's the thing right, I think that so many people identify with their pain body. there's a whole conversation around leading with your pain body, and certainly older folks do it. you know they hang out and they talk about their pain and their meds and their what their doctors got them on and, yeah <laughs> but but you know people do it too. women getting together and complaining about their marriages or you know they're, or they're, there or their there's so many different ways that we use the word irresponsibly mm. and talking about our own health and well-being is one of them i remember having um someone in a class and she said that she you might have even been in that class jillian she said that she had um hashimoto's Hashimoto's. yeah she said i have hashimoto's disease i was like yeah who's hashimoto why do you have his disease (laughs) like what's up with that why are you saying that (laughs) And she went home and she really thought about it. Like she really became, it was like an aha moment where she was like, why am I speaking this and creating this and believing this and living it? And she started tuning herself every day. She started using the sonic slider. She's like really made a commitment to transformation. And the next time I saw her, she looked like a completely different person and she didn't have Hashimoto's
0: disease anymore (laughs) at all. oh man yeah it's really important what you say how you use your word yeah and and I think that that reality
1: of that like sinks in by degrees over time like I honestly I mean I read the book like as a man thinketh when I was probably 18 19 you know I read all of those kind of um books back then (laughs) but it didn't it didn't sink in all the way And I think that we think, oh, you know, affirmations, I'm going to say them for 10 minutes a day consciously. But then we have this 90 percent unconscious like blah, blah, blah going on. Yeah. And, and, you know, this brings me back to mercy, uh, actually, because I think one of the most important places that we need to display mercy is with ourselves. Amen. Right. I mean, don't you find I found and I'm sure you have, too, that most people really do have a really unkind inner critic. Yeah. That's, that is merciless. Yeah. Yep. So, I, you know, maybe people are listening and going, oh yeah, well, I don't do that to anybody. But I, I would ask you, like, do you do it to yourself? You might not externalize it, but are you internalizing that kind of ruthless, merciless unkindness? And what an irresponsible way to use your words, the power mm-hmm. of your words.
0: The, and show yeah. some use mercy with your actual inner critic too. Like don't don't berate your inner critic for being <laughs>
1: <great>. <laughs> I don't know. I've told mine to shut the fuck up, but not, just shut up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but with mercy. Okay. Hopefully.
0: <laughs> I love you, but shut up. <laughs> <laughs>
1: So that's where the coach comes in right the idea of like create create the coach who who is merciful, who is kind who is loving and listen to that voice, you know, and even if the critic doesn't want to go away, at least give them both an opportunity to, yeah. to give voice and to, you know, to start imagining and feeling that there's a part of you that is noble and kind and in integrity and that doesn't say anything in your own mind that you wouldn't say to a child right can you imagine having like an inner environment like well i guess you wouldn't say shut the fuck up then would you <laughs> <laughs> i would never say that to a child
0: not.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah like you said like mercy on yourself it's just so it's so key it's so so key honestly, really what seems to do most people in, in my
0: experience, is their thinking voice. Absolutely. Yes. I'm working with a client right now whose, um, her energy levels are so low. Her voltage is so low. And what we're uncovering is, um, is the way that she talks to herself and uh, judges herself for where she's at in her life. That's, that's, the thing that's draining her energy
1: yeah neat I mean can you yeah. imagine having somebody outside of you following you around talking to you like that all the time and how that would make you feel yeah I mean that's really interesting because a lot of people who tolerate in their own head wouldn't tolerate it outside of themselves
0: and she doesn't
1: yeah uh-huh yeah. but a lot of times it's unconscious right so what are you guys doing you're uncovering this you're like wow you have this like totally subconscious. Yes maybe even slightly conscious, but like continual negative, harsh vibe against yourself.
0: Yeah. It was totally unconscious and now, and, and now it's conscious and she's yeah. watching it, which is yeah. so cool. <laughs> it's really cool.
1: Yeah, no, we, we definitely have these subconscious things going on. Like my self pity, you know, that I, around the cupboards that I didn't even know was going on. Yeah. We don't know what we don't know until we know it, and we're
0: like, right? "How
1: did I not know that before?"
0: Yeah, yeah, so good.
1: Okay, any other soapboxes you have? Oh, uh, let's see. I think that there was one more. Um, well, what about you, Jill? Do you ever
0: soapbox anything? I've been soapboxing on the podcast event and some of the things that we've been um, we've been talking about today too. Like, you know, that, that feeling of, uh, like in fe- feeling incapable or not, like, you know, you can't, you don't know enough or, um, you aren't going to be enough for that session. It's like, no, no, like, stop, <laughs> just yeah. do it, just do it. And, um, even the story of like, well, I don't, I don't know enough. I'm not experienced enough. It's like, who cares? Like you're giving somebody so much valuable time by just listening to them deeply hearing them that like that's so big and i know i think i said this in a couple episodes ago so it might be repeat but
1: yeah. yeah no it's really true and because especially in this world where people don't listen to each other very well spending a whole hour listening really deeply to the song of someone's soul to whatever degree you understand it is such a gift to give to people it's such a gift and it's a gift to give to yourself too because you get to forget yourself for an hour right i mean how many times have you come out of a day of seeing clients and all of a sudden like oh my god i haven't peed and i haven't eaten and i didn't even notice <laughs> like, mm-hmm. because your your own self and stuff goes out of the way and you have the opportunity to really immerse yourself really deeply into something that is um that is ever fascinating Right. I think yeah. it's so important. Yeah. I know we already talked about this, but I, I just want to reinforce it. Like when you are running thoughts, what if I'm not doing this right? Or I'm not good enough. And, 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 you're missing the opportunity to be listening deeply
0: mm-hmm. and seeing
1: what you hear. No, I just got a new prototype of a fork made Jill. It's a 144 Hertz unweighted fork. And I gave my, yeah, I gave myself a tune up with it the other day. And it's a, it's a fork that the overtones play so much like the overtones are so intense and it's so susceptible to instability that when I first started using it on myself, it it made so much noise that I almost couldn't take it. I'm like, oh, I better figure out how to stabilize my field to this fork or I'm just not going to be able to endure the noise that I'm hearing. but, but I got to really like, listen deeply and hear all these new sounds that I've never heard before. And it's just so fascinating. It's just fascinating. If you're coming out with, like, I don't know what this means or I don't know, like, just stop that, <laughs> you know, just stop because you will know in time. We all figure it out. I mean, mm-hmm. I worked, at, I got a tune up from Juliette rains the other day and I was like being worked on by myself. I feel that. Every time I get a tune-up from anybody, whether it's you, Jill, or Robin, or Jeff, whoever I get a tune-up from, I, it's like being worked on by myself. You guys have all nailed it. I'm always amazed. You know, I, I can't believe that you know that, like what Juliet was pulling out. I was like, yay. And, you know, she's only been doing it a few years. Mm-hmm. I've never seen a student who does the work who doesn't go to that level of perception. It just happens. It just happens. So. Don't fuss and yeah. just be curious and you'll get get that. out of your own way. Yeah, get out of your own way for sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. And I'm gonna put fun. Juliet's
0: yeah. info in the show notes. Oh yeah. Good. <laughs> Shout out. <up. laughs>
1: <laughs> right. And then the other most important part is to just play and have fun. And remember always that laughter is the best medicine. And if you can be playful with your clients and make them laugh,
0: like that's a really yeah. that's good, right? Don't take it yeah. too. Soon. That's like my favorite part. And especially when I'm like, okay, so here's, there's something here and the only way I can describe it is, and then I just blurt out whatever it is. And sometimes it's a word that's not even a word like you've always done. And that makes us giggle and it's fun. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. just thinking about it.
1: <laughs> yeah, Exactly. Like giggling during tuning sessions definitely adds a lot of value. So <laughs> yeah. It
0: keeps it light. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I have a couple of questions. We got to like because I can just see the emails coming out of, when's the um, activate your inner superhero series coming out? When's the 144 unweighted four coming <laughs> out?
1: <laughs> okay. The activate your inner superhero is coming out on 1111 and it's going to be $111. Um, yeah. And so let's see, I'll be showing up in a superhero costume on Halloween <laughs> and a video <laughs> to talk about it. So you can
0: learn more then. Talk uh, about having fun
1: yeah exactly right we've got to play um and then the 144 fork. i don't know if i'm going to release it jill you know i might send one to you if you want to play with it i'd rather let some people other people play with it first i would love to it's if i i would think if somebody had like a practitioner has a high degree of uh instability in the field still like the 174 is forgiving of that the 528 but this fork is not Like it's going to show you your own noise and your own noise is going to get in the way of you using it until you, you know, until you use it enough on yourself, I think. Um, Yeah.
0: You know what? That's one of the things that I love about you is like, you're, it's not like, oh, I like this fork. So I'm going to like, this is like the new fork. You're like, no, I want to see what other people's experiences are with this and, you know, make sure it's not just me. (laughs) I love that.
1: (laughs) Well, uh, many minds. You know, it's it's important the group group think and group experience, and especially with this work because it's so unusual. Um, but you know, if we if we have a consensus that it it has a useful usability and that we really like it, um, then then we'll release it. So, um, yeah. So yeah, stay tuned. I'll keep you posted if it's something that we want to bring out. <laughs>
0: Perfect. Perfect. Well, thank you so much, Eileen. Really appreciate your time. And I know everybody else does too. It's really good to hear from you and we should definitely do this again.
1: Yeah, that sounds like a good plan, Jill. Let's do it. It's always fun to talk to you too. And thanks again for doing this. And thanks to all you guys out there listening, tuning in to Jill and you know, being tuners. We're so grateful for you.
0: So grateful. Yes, thank you.
1: Okay, bye. Bye, everybody.
0: Tuner. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please consider leaving a review and subscribe so that you catch each episode as it publishes. Happy tuning!